Welcome. Tune in the rapture, fresh. Special Joel's Bar in Search of Sunrise session tonight. Search for the rising sun. The womb of the dawn. in the fresh glory. It's not apathy. It's not complacency. It's glory. <laughs> Let it pierce your soul tonight. Psalm 85.6 Revive us again, O oh God. I know you will. Give us a fresh start. Then all your people will taste your joy and gladness. Psalm 85, 6. Revive us again, O oh God. I know you will. Give us a fresh start. <laughs> Woo! Then all your people will taste your joy and gladness.
Here we are. Glory. Psalm 92.10. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. <laughs> Just say it out loud. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. It's true. You've empowered my life for triumph by pouring fresh oil over me. <laughs> I pour fresh oil over you. We need a double portion of these words pouring over us. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to read it a second time. What's going to happen? You're going to overdose on the Holy Ghost? Psalms 92, verse 10. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph. Triumph. Power for triumph. By pouring fresh oil over me. Thank you, Father, for pouring fresh oil over us, anointing us for triumph. All victory is by an oil. Angelic oil. That's the only way you'll get breakthrough in any area of your life. Isaiah says, and the anointing shall break every enslaving yoke of wickedness off your neck, off your heart, off your shoulders, off your mind. The anointing breaks the yoke. And what does he give us? Fresh oil every day. The oil keeps the flies away, which is our yokes to the kingdom of hell, lies. Through false belief systems mainly based on pride of the fallen angels. That ain't, that's not even you. The stuff that's coming out of us is not you. It's not from you. It's from hell, Satan and his angels. You're from heaven. Before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you, Jeremiah says. You came out of heaven. These things that have been messing with you aren't from heaven. You're going back to heaven through the Word of God. And you're realizing who you are, having all the deception of our oppressors break off our hearts, break off our minds, break off our bones by the anointing oil. Amen. You are anointed one. Your spirit came from God the Father and then was formed in your mother's womb. You're just waking up to your divine nature. All of you have it. All of you.
You are equally as divine as the archangels, as the holy angels. You are equally spiritual as the angels. Everything in us that is sleeping is not of your nature. It's an intruder, meaning it's not part of God's original design. And the Word of God, the Gospel of God, removes it if you can believe the Gospel. Amen. Psalms 138, verse 3. jumps in the belly. These bubbles of joy, they're just bubbling up unexpected. You're just getting pounced upon from the inside. He's not leaping in there like a little baby. That's the Lion of Judah. Roar! Psalms 92, 14. For in your presence they shall still overflow and be anointed. Even in their old age they will stay fresh. Fresh, fresh, bearing luscious fruit and abiding faithfully. Wow. to let the fresh anointing of the Lord Jesus take over your heart. There's a place you're going where your heart will experience nothing but His victory that's very ancient. His victory was the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. This ain't a new victory, it's new for you but it happened before the creation of the world. That's what awakening is, coming out of the natural prison of Satan and his angels into the freedom and glory of the eternal life, the eternal realm of God's presence. Escaping time, escaping space, which is boxes and prisons, never meant for human beings but meant for the fallen angels is your overcoming of the world. Psalms 138 verse 3 At that very moment I called out to you. You answered me. You strengthened me deep within my soul and breathed fresh courage into me. You need fresh courage. 
What's the main thing, Joshua and Caleb, for the promised land? Courage. Four times, Joshua won. Be brave and courageous. Be brave and courageous. Be brave and... You can't do it without an impartation of God himself breathing into your nostrils his courage into you. Holiness is an impartation. Joy is an impartation. It's not something you can come up with yourself by any effort. All things of the kingdom of heaven in every single soul have been imparted by grace from God into that soul. Right now, he's imparting fresh courage. You need it. Courage. The bravery of the Lion of Judah. Lions do not have DNA or the ability to fear. That's why he's the Lion of Judah and not the Lama of Judah. Amen? Lama, why? Because it's about the genetics of the animal representing courage. Lions symbolize courage and bravery. And a lion surrounded by 50 jackals, 50 hyenas facing certain death, not going to make it, still cannot be afraid, won't cry one tear doesn't have it in his DNA. He'll be roaring to his final breath because that's how God created lions. They don't have the genetics to be afraid of anything, especially death. They really don't care. They only have the DNA of bravery and courage. Amen. That's why you're of the nature of the lion of Judah and not the Lama of Judah. It's all about bravery. That's the seed of the Word of God. The Word of God can't be afraid. God is love. In God there is no fear at all. Amen? Because a lion has no fear at all genetically. It's impossible. There's no programming in the DNA to be afraid. That is the seed in you that's growing in you. The courage of God be magnified in your heart. Amen. That was the only determination before the Israelites entering the promised land. Brave and courageous lion? Our cow or we are grasshoppers in their sight. They are giants. Llama. Oh. No offense to llamas, wonderful animals. Very cute and fuzzy. Different DNA. Waking up to the DNA of God.
This anointing is so new that it requires the newness of absorption to operate in it. And so take a few minutes to rest your heart, calm your heart, and absorb this new level of glory that you can be squeezed out in greater freshness, greater courage, greater glory. breakthrough will come by receiving the anointing. How? Where? From the Spirit? Maybe through someone else's Spirit? Eventually through your Spirit as you begin to produce a lot of oil. Where do you need it? Upon the brain. Every single breakthrough right here upon the head. I have anointed your head with fresh oil. This is the place of warfare, the, the battlefield of the mind. This is the place where flies build up strongholds of lies in the brain. This is the place of madness and folly. Everyone is coming out of severe brain damage. There's no exception. The more educated you are in the world, the worse the brain damage. The more anointing needed to break the brain damage off the spirit for the spirit to come up and heal the mind. religion, tree of knowledge, even knowledge about God that's really mystical, the more anointing you'll need on your brain to actually walk in any of it. 
It'll all be just information without any activation, without any experience. So the oil is the activation of the word. God is the word, but God is the anointed one, the anointed word, the living word. And you need fresh oil on God's word, or even what you heard last week will become dead to you. And it won't work anymore. And you get frustrated, you give up, you go back into Satan, rebellion, religion, complacency, just working for money instead of working for glory. Most people do many times during their walk. That's very normal. Righteous man falls seven times, gets back up again. Nah, that ain't worth it. I hate idolatry. I'm going to work for the glory even though it's hard. Yeah. Going against the whole wide path of destruction. Going against every human opinion about everything. Wow. fresh oil. Just tap into the tree of life like you tap into a maple tree to get maple syrup. Stick your face right out the side. You know, that's the tree of life right there where the spear went into. That's where you get your maple syrup. That's sweetness. The blood and water poured out of the side. They tapped into the tree of life. That's your salvation. That's your joy. Drink it. <laughs> you have an infinite supply of maple syrup. A perfect grade A sweetness. As long as you can drink from the side of Jesus, the tree of life. Amen. We're going to win some Canadians with that revelation right there. Oh man, I can relate to that. Woo! Jesus Christ, that's where we get our maple syrup. And it's the truth, anyhow. Oh man, I'm gonna get drunk, drunk on syrup tonight. I already feel it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for letting us tap your tree. You realize that's how you get the syrup, the oil, the water, the glory, everything for life and godliness? People are like, oh, don't touch him, don't pierce him. Well, you're not going to have any living water. You're not going to have any Holy Spirit in you. My goodness. I mean, he was glad to do it for you so you could drink from him. People are like, oh, just be kind and nice. You get under there like a drunkard and a glutton. He said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. I want to be right there at the cross, be like, ah! 
Get out your barrel. All the blood and water of Jesus you can drink. If you know what's good for you, you do it right now. That's the only way you grow in glory. There's no other way. That's the fountain of the Lamb. Release our maple syrup angels as we tap in to the pierced side of our crucified Lord and drink all the maple syrup from his side into our mouths. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Every single one of you, turn into a maple syrup farm tonight in Jesus' name. I love maple syrup. And your bones are the waffle. And your belly is the butter. You got a whole waffle house built into you. That's the temple of the Holy Spirit. invitation of the Word of God. See, everything in this world was created by the faith of God. And to come out of the fall into the resurrection is simply believing words that you didn't believe yesterday. Wow. And the Word is the access into the realm of glory. So you don't believe the Word, well, you just stay outside the glory. Until you're so beat up, beating your head against the brick wall, going around the wilderness, Katie's Bardia, 40 years wandering, getting bitten by snakes, man. I think I'll finally come up the mountain and be holy. There you go, Mount Zion, promised land on the top, New Jerusalem. Glory to God.
I'm starting to forget what drugs feel like. I don't like, I can't even remember. I just, it just feels like the glory. <laughs> just to be honest with you. I was searching for something in my soul that can relate to the natural realm. Sorry, can't relate to the natural realm anymore. Trust me, enter the glory. Make everyone forget what darkness feels like. All that remains is the Logos, what is written. That's the only language that planet Earth will retain. Heaven and Earth will pass away. That's the fallen angels language, the nation's languages. It will go back to the original language of the Word of God remains forever. One global common language called the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. God's language wins. You conquer a culture, they speak your language. Behold the lime and the light of the tribe of Judah that conquering your culture you can guarantee the bible will be the only language that remains for all future nations worldwide easily effortlessly by the seven spirits of god visit the new studio come hang out with us I just ordered 15 new chairs so we're gonna have plenty of room for I don't know 15 20 people 30 people maybe put chairs in here come absorb the glory in studio with us just message me or one of the staff and we have visitors every single day for five years 12 years people and just come and get blasted with us. We've prepared a throne for you. Or do an internship. Could it be too much? Might need a coaster for my new wood table. <laughs> Coaster at home, I'll bring one tomorrow. Can I stop time? Time keeps stealing time as the moon sings its own. 
freedom and fun. Jesus said you'd enter the kingdom realm of glory like little children, the exact opposite of false maturity of charismatic religion. The true maturity of the glory realm is perfected childlikeness in freedom and fun. If it's not fun, it's not God ever. So the crushing that's not fun is to get the stuff out of you that's not God. And I know everyone's going through that because we need a lot of refinement. We got a lot of knowledge. That's from Satan's tree in the garden. That's what's been killing, stealing, and destroying. Now we need a lot of freedom. See, every step of glory increases your freedom. So that you're a child of God the Father, a child of glory, and a child of freedom. You don't know what it means to be restrained by the natural realm. It's not in the divine nature, because you are angel-like, totally free, spiritually, therefore naturally. Spinal cord right now on your back. God said to Moses, My glory will be your rear guard. God's got your back. That means protection, and it also means your spine and the protection of all your flesh and your back from darkness, and also the healing of your past. Nothing of your past can touch you in your presence when God is your rear guard. I guard your past. I hold your innocence in the courts of heaven against the accuser of the brethren. You're forgiven. There is no accusation against you from any fallen angel of any sin that can work against you. God is your rear guard, and what does he call the guard? The glory. Not information, not Bible college, not theology. That ain't going to guard you at all. That'll demonize you. The glory. Without the glory, there's no guard. Without the glory, the guards stand watch in vain. Without the glory, the laborers labor in vain. God is that substance of light. He was the Shekinah that burned in the bush. God is 
light. The word light is glory. In him there is no darkness at all. That's where your mind is going. That's the renewing of your mind into the fullness of his light. When we were young, we did what we wanted to do. When we're more mature, he'll carry us face to face in the fullness of his light. like a, a ladder right now and so the word is building up your soul for higher experiences in the Holy Spirit and each degree of travel of internal ascension internal resurrection requires more oil to sustain that level otherwise you'll slip back down to the measure of oil you have on the word you believe no oil no ascension no oil no resurrection you'll never be pegged in glory realm the anointing is what seals you in higher realms of the spirit above the fallen angels resurrection out from among the dead even while in the body Philippians 3:11. the oil on the word and you need more and more oil on every word that's what growing is so I see people receiving words right now, climbing ladders right now, ascending and resurrecting right now. God is saying to stay in those high places of spiritual experience requires an oil, an anointing, which means drinking. That's what drinking is. It's keeping oil on the word. I'm teaching you how to ascend or resurrect internally and stay resurrected spiritually and morally above the fallen angels so they don't touch you anymore. They don't influence anymore. You're so high, you're high in the most high that all that stuff, the serpent, is literally crushed under your feet. Those are elevations where you are above Darkness, death, disease, poverty, religion, and everything that is false is below your feet because you've been raised by faith in the Word and the anointing that's on the Word of God. And you keep bringing your flesh your soul, and your heart higher every day. And eventually your body will start to glow. Your face will glow. Your eyes will glow first. And then you see that light start to come through your face. That light start to come through your bones. It's because of elevations 
that your soul and flesh have risen up in the spirit simply by believing the word. The word is the keys of the kingdom. What is the job? To believe in the one God sent. You simply believe the word and you go higher. Because the preaching will evolve. The meat will get stronger. The wine will get mixed stronger. Our job is to stay in faith, believing a stronger meat and, a, and drinking a stronger wine so we go higher in the spirit and get stronger angelically. And that will come into a place of ruling and reigning over all flesh, all nations. By power. The power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Proverbs 18.4 Words of wisdom are like a fresh flowing brook. Fresh flowing brook. Words of wisdom. Okay? The Word of God is a fresh flowing brook. That's the glory of the gospel. The glory, the brightness, the light of the gospel. Words of wisdom, a fresh, flowing, moving, changing brook like deep waters that spring forth from within. <laughs> Proverbs 18.4. Deep waters. Lay hands on your belly and bring forth the deep water. Not just a natural womb. A spiritual womb that has the deep waters. I pray every one of you find the waters of the Garden of Eden. Because they're already in you. Colossians 1.27 Realize the glory. Realize the deep waters. Find the Garden of Eden inside your belly. That's the only way you can go from infants, technons, to mature ones, huyos. You'll be in the wilderness until you find the deep waters of Christ in you. The realization of the glory. Luke 17, 21, the entire kingdom realm is already within you. That's what the Bible says. Few have ever found it. Almost everyone remains a technon infant in Christ their entire Christian lives, which is God outside-minded. 100,000 people worshiping God outside. Not a single mature one amongst all of them in the 
pretty much the entire charismatic church, if we're honest with ourselves. And that's not boasting. That's true. Because you can look at them. They're all worshiping an external God. That's techno. They've already kicked out all the Huyoses from church. You won't find them in churches. Amen? Truth anyhow. Because a Huyos found the kingdom inside. Wow. Those ones alone are healing the nations. Almost every Technon, 100 million Technons in the world right now, are absolutely clueless about what Christianity even is. The throne room's right here, people. The pure in heart see God. Where? In you. Christ in you. The hope of seeing the glory in you. Finding God in your spirit. If anyone is joined to the Lord, they're one spirit with the Lord. The word spirit is wind. Knock the wind into you. Your wind is right here. If your wind comes out of your body, you're dead. Your spirit flies away. It's like 24 grams less weight leaves your body. They can actually measure the weight of your spirit in grams. When a person dies and stops breathing, there's an instant weight loss of every single person that dies. Their wind comes out of them. That's the spirit of the person leaving their body. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, it is written. Your spirit already has weight, even if your brain never finds your spirit your entire life on earth. The key is teaching of the Word of God so people's brains can find their spirit, and you build up your spirit into full spiritual stature. That's what kicks the fallen angels into the bottomless pit and nothing else. Satan and his angels will allow 100 million technons because they don't get an inheritance. Scripture says you're under governors and tutors until the appointed time of maturity. Meaning, fallen angels will rule over the nations in all charismatic technon activity for a million years. They have the legal right to it. Now, if you become a huyo, fallen angels lose their rights to cities and nations, and that's what's happened because of our maturity. And that's what's going on on the planet right now. And of course the technon can't recognize it, but the whole kingdom of hell already has. When the technons wake up to what Huyo's maturity actually is, game over. That's why the only spiritual warfare on the planet is against the technons becoming Huyo's. No technon ministries persecuted in the whole world. Amen. Because it's zero threat to the kingdom of hell. Deep waters. Proverbs 18. Words of wisdom are like a fresh flowing brook, like deep waters. Oh, we're going into the deep. Another day of deep diving. Because that's all you can do in Christian maturity. 
is live in the realm of the deep, calling unto deep at the noise of your deep waters. All the waves and breakers of the Garden of Eden sweep over me continuously. And guess what? If they sweep over me, they sweep over you because we're one body. Hallelujah. No jealousy, envy, strife, competition, immaturity. What happens to me happens to you. What happens to you happens to me because one body. Do not be deceived. The breakthroughs of the head, the apostles, pass through everyone whose spirit is regenerated in the light of his glory automatically. That's why if you got revelation, you want to cheer on the leaders because everything they break through in passes into your families automatically. What the demons do is put so many against the leaders so when the leaders get the breakthrough, they don't get any inheritance from it because they turn themselves against the leaders. Hello, you've seen that by the thousands? That's demonic activity. They get them at war thinking that there's a separation. Oh, it's just for Brandon and his ministry. Clueless. Every single breakthrough I've ever gotten was immediately passed on to anyone that stayed in the oil, that stayed in the river. But the demons lie to people and say, that's only his breakthrough, you don't get a breakthrough. So they get jealous, they get at strife, competition, start getting into comparisons, and actually cut themselves off from the breakthrough that was about to be handed on a silver platter to them by the angels because it's all grace, not one drop of it's deserved for anyone. If the head breaks through, the whole body gets it automatically. Psalms 133, it is written. That's how I know the whole church is completely bewitched. They don't even cheer on their champions. Israel had David and his mighty men. Jesus has his mighty men. And almost all the body of Christ is at war against Jesus' apostles instead of Satan. The Spirit says it's simply immaturity. And we'll grow up and learn mainly through what we suffer because of our own pride. And we'll get wise, we'll learn to love, we'll learn to honor. Things will get better, we will grow. See, spiritual growth at the younger levels is hard. Temper tantrums, toddlers fighting over toys, nonsense everywhere. Because we don't really know our father that well, because we've only been in the glory one, two, three, four, five years. 21 years later, it's like, wow, look at the goodness of the Father for everyone. And you can't compete. There's no more jealousy. There's no more sin as the tree of Jesus 
expands inside you, ring after ring, year after year, glory to glory. All you got to do is stay faithful to the kingdom within and the kingdom in your brothers and sisters and never stop loving and you'll always keep growing no matter what you go through externally. Do not grow weary in well-doing for in due season it will bear forth the harvest of righteousness if you don't give up. If you don't let the enemy defeat you with some kind of lie. Problem is, nearly everyone lets the enemy defeat him with lies. So you keep warring for the defeated ones even though they're retired and no longer fighting in, the, in Joel's army. Called to be a soldier in the army of the Lord, but instead of fighting Satan, instead of fighting bewitchment, instead of fighting Molech and Refund and organized religion and the occult pretending to be Christianity and paganism and every building made by human hands, they fight the pioneers, the salvation in the river. They're fighting the spirit of Elijah with 850 prophets of Baal in the army of Jezebel instead of the army of Elijah. How many are in the army of Jezebel? 850 to every one in the army of Elijah, according to the scriptures. It doesn't take a huge army. It takes David and his mighty men. It takes Gideon's 300. Everyone else follows automatically. We're here to produce leaders, champions, Gideon's 300. If you actually get into what I'm saying and bear its fruit, you will become dread champions automatically. Problem is people fight that nature of the lion of the tribe of Judah and want to be something in themselves. They want to come out of unity with the lion. Like, oh, I'm a lion myself. Oh, I'm an apostle myself. You're not an apostle. You know that Jesus is the only apostle? Jesus is the only prophet? If there's any identification in the self-nature in the fivefold, it's false. Jesus in me is the apostle. Does elementary stuff. That's how you know they're totally bewitched. Jesus is the only teacher. Jesus is the fivefold. You are zero. Jesus is 100. That's elementary stuff for a huyo. But technons are so competitive, they're like, oh, I'm a prophet. No, you're not. You're a liar is what you are. You're an immature technon puffed up in pride because you got a gift that's irrevocable that you don't know how to use yet for God's glory. Truth anyhow. Praise Jesus. That's why it's written, give him the glory. Oh, it's all you. The spirit of prophecy, all prophetics, is the testimony of not your testimony. God bless you, but it has zero to do with you. And all the darkness you came out of has to do with Jesus and his light growing in you. Spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Until Jesus is your only testimony and you can't even remember your life of darkness. You don't overcome by your testimony. Wrong. You overcome by his testimony. The spirit of prophecy. Growing in the prophetic, sapphire pavement, walking in heaven while your body's on earth. 
more and more progressively being taken over by the seven torches of the Lion of the Tribe of Judah. Lion, Eagle, Ox, Man spinning on your head like Elijah's whirlwind. Normal for every overcomer to bear the image of the four faces of God. Fullness of the prophetic. Eagle, fullness of the apostolic. Lion, fullness of the intercessor. Ox, fullness of humility. The man, all of them spinning as one. The headwaters of the body of Christ. Jesus, fully formed in you. Amen. The only thing you war against as the preacher of the Word of God is immaturity, which is pride. I'll come to you with the sharp two-edged sword and destroy you with the sword of my mouth. Oh, how dare you threaten me with a good time, Lord Jesus. <laughs> See, because you're in love with the word. Please, Jesus, destroy us with the sword of your mouth. Oh, my God. Lest there be anything in us that's not you. Basic salvation stuff. You want to live an anointed life? You live destroyed constantly by the sword of his mouth. says, I don't want to know anything about you except Christ and him crucified. Oh, you don't love me, Paul. He loves you so much that he nails you to the tree so he doesn't have to talk to Satan when he's talking to you. God's love, you know, the kind that kills the devil out of your heart. So you can live in the fullness of light without the light in you being darkness. Come on. Glory. Wow, chariot races. Guys, ready for some chariot races? There are charioteers here. Charioteers. Holy Ghost. Horses, horsemen. All kinds of warring power of the kingdom of heaven. And what is it for? Every word in your soul that's not. My Father in Heaven. That's a lot of stuff about to die. As it is written, when your obedience is complete, you'll be swift to punish all disobedience. <laughs> 
which is Satan in the rooms of the interior castle. Problem is, when a room is in darkness, you don't know it because darkness doesn't know, it doesn't see, it doesn't hear. Only by turning on light with a living word is darkness even exposed. So of course, the initial reaction is offense. How dare you? I'm just trying so hard. Just trying to be obedient, trying to hear from God. Listen, Jesus said to Peter, when you're younger, you'll go and do what you want to do, what you think is right, what you think is obedient. Clueless. When you're older, someone stronger than you will bind you and take you places you don't want to go. So maturity is being bound. Ain't that right? Paul says, I'm a bondservant in chains to love, to Christ. So, you go from the chains of religion, the chains of disobedience and blasphemy, the chains of hell, to the chains of heaven. the chains of obedience and it's totally invisible it's based on your love for your father in you and the father in you will do the work as you're bound in chains to him inside you who's coming out of you who's flowing out of your heart out of your heart your mouth speaks your words are currently chaining your listeners to you or to God, which is heaven or hell. And we got a kind of Christianity down here that's acceptable to chain people to idols. Chain people to inanimate objects, to flesh, to brains. Like Nebuchadnezzar making himself God. Like denominations and interpretations making themselves God. Theology puffing itself up with the knowledge of pride, making itself God. It's one of the worst killers in the world. Doctrine and theology. You need the river. Oh man. Time to get desperate for the substance of faith to get out of knowing about and get into intimacy in liquid love only then will you ever know what it's like to be a disciple of the kingdom of heaven that's the only plan of God for your life will you heed the call or will you stay in the easy place of not changing your heart and mind and doing what's comfortable for you without the need of change. Behold, I will come and destroy you with the sword of my mouth, says Jesus Christ. Good. That's what we've prayed for every day. That's how we got like this. Through constant judgments of the washing of the water of the word. Never loving our lives even unto death. 
That should be normal for every Christian. It's not. It's not. They'll persecute you for that level of commitment. <laughs> They'll call you every name in the book. But those are the only ones that have government on their shoulders. Those are the true sons and daughters. And you want to be in their company this day. Pay the price getting rid of everything fake and phony in your life. Whatever it takes. Amen. Thank you, Father, for ripping us out of our comfort zones. <laughs> it's so good for us. I saw a vision of Bilbo Baggins saying no to Gandalf. I'm going to stay here in my little shire, my false inheritance of daddy's money. I'm not going out there with dragons. I'm a hobbit. We don't do that kind of stuff. Stay safe and sane, acceptable in my community. Don't make any noise. Garbage. Burn it all and go on an adventure. The Misty Mountain. Get the dragon off your treasure. It's that adventure is the only place you'll ever know God. Those that stay in the place of apathy, false comfort, they'll never know God. You realize for eternity, even if they believe in Jesus, they'll be so far from the throne, they'll never actually know him. It's true. You think everyone in heaven knows God? No, there are degrees of knowing God. Outer court, inner court, holy place, holy holies. The 24 elders know God a trillion times more than just those that got in by fire insurance that have no rewards, saved by grace. The issue here is this kind of preaching forces you to know God in the light of his fire to be around the 24 elders, to be around the seraphim and the cherubim, to burn up everything in you and in the human nature that separates, to live in union, not just spirit, but soul, brain, and bones, and marrow. Amen. And let's take a million people with us. Yeah, refiner's fire is intense. But well, what else are you going to do down here? If you got one drop of wisdom, this is the only reason you're on the planet. wisdom are like a fresh flowing brook like deep water that spring forth from within bubbling up inside the one with understanding Proverbs 18 verse 4 
Bubbling up within the one with understanding. Wow. So you're telling me, Solomon, that only those with understanding have the river flowing out of their belly? That John 7:38 is actually the rarest thing of all Christians and all Christianity? Because understanding costs you everything? And only those who understand, who have paid the price of everything, get the river of life out of their belly? Everyone else just gets drowned by those ones? Exactly. That's the few and the brave manifesting sons of God that will drown the world. The ones who have paid the price for the spirit of understanding. Isaiah 29, 19. The meek will overflow with fresh joy in the Lord Yahweh. And the poor will shout their praises to the Holy One of Israel. the humble will overflow with fresh 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 joy what's the key to joy which is strength Nehemiah 8:10. the joy of the Lord is your strength meekness the meek inherit the earth meekness is divine humility what is it I am zero he is 100%. Not in theology. Every the theologian knows that what the Bible says. That's solid doctrine there. The experience of that costs you your entire humanity. I'm talking about coming into the experience of humility, meekness. Otherwise, you won't inherit the earth, and almost no one has ever inherited the earth. Because divine humility is the full sacrifice of your human nature, your human theology, your human opinions, your human obedience to God. That's a big one. Remember, the disciples were given Jesus' opinion in his ministry. Lord, don't do that. You ever, can you believe that? Pharisees were given him. Pharisees thought Jesus was dumb. They thought he was mentally ill and his parents came to take him home. got creation calling their creator an idiot in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's how far our minds are falling. <laughs> They've been with him a couple years and they're still trying to correct him. Lord, don't do that. Lord, don't say that. Wow. The meekness incinerates all that stuff and understands the way of the Lord. 
why he's doing what he's doing, why he's speaking what he's speaking, why I'm preaching what I'm preaching, why I'm teaching what I'm teaching. The spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding illuminates your heart to understand why God does what he does. For the spirit to overcome the outer man. For the spirit to take over your mind and control your mind to be at real peace with God and to overcome apathy, complacent satisfaction. A lot of people are just so far away from being transfigured by the renewing of your mind. Something God's dealing with in the community, they call that peace. This bothers my peace. No, this bothers your apathy and your complacent satisfaction so you can get into the real peace that is the seven blazing torches that have incinerated the selfishness in your soul. Oh, yeah. You betcha. And you're darn tootin'. <laughs> Put it in the log chucker. <laughs> Woo! Wood hands double incinerated by real peace. Real peace is throne room fire. Real peace is sitting between the cherubim and the seraphim. Oh yeah. And the glory of God beaming out of you like a hundred million suns. Can you be at peace in a hundred million blazing suns? That's real peace. The prince of peace, where he is, not in theology, belief systems, any of that human garbage, in the substance of that glory, and God will lift you there if you let everything burn. There is a much greater sanctification coming upon all flesh. And it'll be horrifying. He will be freaked out because we know about God, we don't really know God. Very comfortable with the God we barely know. And the glory is about to confront everyone. First in their heart, then over cities and nations. Every government will be refined. All education, the seven mountains will melt at the presence of the mountain of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. You know what the new heavens and new earth is? Mount Zion. But it grew as a pebble, Daniel chapter 4, which is faith within humanity. It took us about 2,000 years since we received the seed of the gospel for Zion to grow up within us, to consume all the external witchcraft in the world, which is man's rebellion, man's building, man's success, man's religion, man's Christianity, the greatest abomination of all, and burn it as a manure pile. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's why Peter said, having dealt with all this crap that is reserved for fire. What is the fire? Not Sinai. Sinai is part of the manure. Zion. Zion, the literal throne of God. No types and shadows. Zion is God's eternal throne 
as it is written, Behold, the throne of the Father is now with men. Terrifying for everyone. Can't stand it. They run so far from God's throne. You deal with it every day. Very rare anyone can obey this verse. Boldly approach the throne of grace. Come with me. I'll see you later. <laughs> See the whole kingdom inside me rejoicing when I tell you the truth. There's such a party going on inside my heart. I just want it to be in your heart. It's in my word if you can receive it. It imparts the whole celebration of the Lamb within you to overflow outside you to restore your soul. Be as happy as the Lord Jesus is happy. John 20, 20. Can I share my favorite verse in the Bible with you? I don't know how much longer we'll go here. Probably forever. We'll see you right here in a hundred million years, bucko. I like being called bucko. Keeps me sharp. Hallelujah. John 2020. Glory to God. Amplified classic. Three translations that I'm in every day. Message, Amplified Classic, and the Passion Translation. I found I, I have 140 translations on my bookshelf. I read them all. I found these three the most profitable for growth in the glory. Message, Amplified Classic, not the modern Amplified, burn that one, that's garbage. The Amplified Classic and the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. So in the Amplified Classic, John 2020, it says, So saying, he showed them his hands and his side. What's his side? The maple syrup. That's right. Remember? Blood and water came out when they tapped his side. That's the fountain of the Lamb. You want to drink as much maple syrup from the maple tree of Christ crucified every day. There's no sweetness except in that blood and that water. May every single one of you open up maple syrup companies, maple syrup factories. It'll bless your houses, your businesses, your ministries. The whole fountain of divine life comes from the syrup pouring from his side. If you can get that, listen, he showed them his hands and his side. If you get anything out of tonight's message, get the syrup revelation. Because you get so sweet, you just make it through life, coasting through everything. No one turned you sour. He refused to drink the sour wine. I ain't getting bitter. I don't care if you don't understand. My family don't understand. I'm following God. I'm following the path of the syrup, the river of syrup from his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, then it went in their eyeballs. Oh my gosh. Woo!
when the disciples saw the Lord Jesus. <laughs> See? Restoring vision. This filled them with joy, delight, exaltation. These are degrees and elevations of glory. Then it filled them with ecstasy. This is Amplified Classic. This is what it literally says in the Greek. And then rapture. They had a progression of joy, delight, exaltation, ecstasy, and then rapture. When they saw the Lord, they were raptured. John 20, 20. Restoring seer prophet vision. Eagle vision. I wish all my people were prophets. Well, you think you're going to get that prayer answered? Of course, he's going to have a prophetic people. Every one of you overcomers will have an eagle head. Why? Because he has an eagle head. Until Christ be fully formed in you. Oh, buddy. Spirit of prophecy, testimony of Jesus. Be lifted up into the eagle of God, the great white eagle on the throne. His name is the King of Glory, by the way. The King of Glory is the white eagle. Same thing. He's got all the revelation. Perfect guidance, perfect vision. And that vision is what gives you ecstasy. If you don't see, you'll be sad, sorrowful, be drinking sour wine, religion just beating you up every day, never be good enough, this heart. The reason why people perish is for lack of vision, which is revelation knowledge, seeing God. How? Pure in heart. How do you get a pure heart? The Word of God burning within your heart. You're not feasting on the tree of life. You're feasting on the tree of knowledge, which killed your forefather, Adam. And it's killing you because you haven't repented yet because you don't understand Christianity. That our feast is the eagle food. Whatever the white eagle's eating today, that should be your feast. What's the table of the Lord? The same food that Jesus eats. What's the king eating? That's what I'm eating. But you know what? We get so deceived, we refuse that feast and go into some tabernacle of Moloch and start eating maggot bread, wondering why we got bad fruit in our life. And we're at envy and strife towards everyone, comparisons and competition, and completely immature, and we never become mature ones sitting in the charismatic church for 50 years, which honestly has happened. The charismatic church has not produced a single huyos in a hundred years of Pentecostalism. Why is that? God has never dwelt in any building made by human hands. Acts 7.48. Huyos is Matthew 16, Mountain of Transfiguration. Technon is building shelters for Moses, Elijah, and Christ. How do you know if someone's matured out of technon infant in Christ into Huyos, mature one in Christ. Their labors cease. And the glory cloud and the thunder of the Father's voice at that level does all the work. Now, there's mixture of technon still in all of us. So trust me, I'm preaching all this to myself to mature as well because I want to practice what I preach. Double-edged sword cutting me as it cuts you. Glory. We all get stronger. 
but understand everything in the in the earth realm that's built out of man's mind is what keeps us immature Christians. It keeps us under the fallen angels, under the curse of the fall, which is simply religion. Religion isn't a minor thing. Religion is the entirety of the curse of the fall. It was the religious act of Adam and Eve that caused the whole losing of the glory of the Father from the inner man. And you're stuck in your outer man ability for 6,000 years. Now, through Jesus Christ crucified to death, we have Pentecost, which is the regeneration of our spirit, and it can only grow so big inside incubators until you leave the chicken coop and start to fly free over the pyramids of man. Truth anyhow, you ain't ever going to need wings inside a building made by human hands. You all have clipped wings. Your wings won't even grow. Not possible because it's not according to God's original design and the word fully backs me up. You're wrong. I'm right. Deal with it. (laughs) Your wings are only needed to fly over man's building. That's when you start to really change civilization. Overcoming man's ability by full reliance on divine ability. Walking on water. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, flying above the storm straight up facts go from walking on water to the water is actually five miles down below (laughs) you're so high above the clouds you don't even remember what they are you're just perfect light of the sun like the bride of Christ in Revelation 12 1 wrapped in the sun with the moon under her feet (laughs) truth in you You want the bride of Christ that high? You're going to have to confront all man's ability, all man's Christianity, and you're going to have to offend pretty much 100 million people at first, and later on they understand. That's not avoidable. Because human Christianity is your number one enemy after you're born again. And that's what all of us got into to a measure. We realize, man, I don't know if that's the river. I don't know how divine that is. (laughs) I mean, is it really about me or is it about the greater one in me? Is the me, is that who's in the world? Oh, wow. So I'm losing me to he. Greater is he than me. And when you lose the me, which is your outer consciousness of self, the light being God the Father is formed inside in the pure in heart see God and you begin to walk and fly through this universe in all the Father's ability only by the losing of self to find himself glory to glory is that process and it is very gradual most people don't go hardly 20 feet 20 steps into it after the born again have their spirits about the same size the day they're born again. That's, I mean, over 90% of Christians on the planet, their spirit doesn't even grow after they're saved. You have to eat revelation, eagle food, for your spirit to get big on the inside. King of glory, father of glory, fathering your glory to be exactly the same size and power as God, which is called sons of God, sons of glory. Where 
People can say like the first son of many sons, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because what they were looking at was the King of glory, the Spirit of glory, Jesus Christ. Wow. When they look at you, they see your spirit. They see the Spirit of glory. They see the King of glory. They see Jesus Christ formed in your eternal man, your spirit. All that takes is the sacrifice of madness and folly. And God will get in your face and disciple you to the measure you desire him. If you don't, and you're just like, man, back off, get away from me. He will. He will. He's not going to bother with people that are just going to abuse him verbally all the time and tell him to get lost, get stuck. I don't need you. I'm good where I'm at now. Complacent satisfaction. These people don't walk with God. Apathy. They don't walk with God. They cuddle demons. They cuddle lies. They cuddle weeds. They don't live in fresh, tender, green pastures. They leave in whole wheat tear fields, fields of tares, which are lies that it's okay to be you. I don't have to change. Don't get in my face about any kind of spiritual growth, complacent satisfaction. The tear fields. We always talk about the wheat fields, but if we're accurate, it's mostly tear fields. It's all going to burn by the true manifesting ones of fire. (laughs) I have come to bring fire. Why do you need to bring fire, Lord? Because I'm going to burn the tares. Bind them in bundles. Trust me, I'm not speaking about them. I'm speaking about us. You and me burning, bound in bundles. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff in you and me that's going to burn. You think it's about others? Forget that nonsense. We're only here to transform ourselves. You be holy as your Father in heaven's holy. It's the overflow of your internal sanctification and discipleship of the price you've paid that touches others because there's zero hypocrisy in true Christianity. How much of it is about them? Zero. How much of it is about you changing it? 100%. So it's not my spouse's fault, not my kid's fault, not my environment or culture fault. There's no victim card here of cowardliness, blaming others. There's only he who's in you. Did you give me your brain? You could have practiced the presence of God regardless of outside circumstances. Look at Jesus. Killed his whole generation. Herod. Bam. Oh, a terrible upbringing. He, He never pouted about it. He never had a pity party. (laughs) He's like, man, I'm just happy to be here. This is awesome, man. (laughs) Truth in you. No matter your environment, if your brain is controlled by God the Father and your spirit, it's heaven on earth. Look at Paul and Silas in the prison cell. Damp, dank, horrible. Like a sewer down there, probably sewage flowing through the jail cell. They're singing Kumbaya. Jubilee hit the place, broke the prison bars. The glory was so strong. (laughs) The jailer tried to kill himself (laughs) because he thought they escaped. Paul just put the glory in him and saved his whole house, glorified him. Oh, my gosh. Do you see, this whole thing is about the inner man being built up to act like Paul and Silas. See, you could be an outside jail cell, but inside, that's throne room. 
They're in the throne room, buddy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's how you begin to take dominion over the elements, melting them with fire. By living in the throne room, regardless of how everyone around you is just full of madness. Are you the only one that's right? Jesus is. Jesus is the only one that's right. Jesus is the only apostle. Jesus is the only prophet. If you're a prophet, it's because Jesus, the prophet, is in you. You're the body of Christ. So we coming into a place of union or actual just basic understanding that we are all possessed by the spirit of Jesus, the head of the body, the possessor of our souls, our creator, our savior, our lover, our friend, our counselor. He is our everlasting father. He's everything. He's the maker and the possessor of our souls. Your creator is your husband, scripture says. <laughs> so what is it all about? The revelation of Jesus Christ being everything to everyone in the hopes of saving some. And guess what? When you're the sum that he saved, you better grow in salvation. Sozo soterio ain't a one-time job. It's an ever-increasing light by the sacrifice of your blight. <laughs> People fall from the highest heights like Lucifer when they get into the glory. Remember, these are Lucifer was the glory angel, a cherub, Ezekiel 28. There's no angel more familiar with the glory than Lucifer. Fallen angels. Wow. They fell from glory. So it's very common to fall from glory. The issue is, can you stay in the glory and go from glory to glory, be consistent in the glory, and not be a flake? That's where it takes courage, absorption, fortitude, loyalty, faithfulness, being good soldiers in God the Father's kingdom. Like well-beloved children imitate their father, Ephesians 5.1. Learning how to be anchored in your emotions <laughs> and not be manipulated by demons. Amen. Wow. That's the rainbow word of God there. Stop listening to serpents in your ears. It'd be so easy if you only listened to the words that came from God the Father. And I know that's why you need the helmet of salvation. Wow. It's a filtration of fire that guards the voices in your head. Yeah, angels, listen. Angels have voices. Spirit has a voice. The Father has a voice. Jesus is the voice of many waters, the word of God, the communication of wisdom. Amen. But there has to be a helmet of fire burning up because the arrows of the evil one. I've been in ministry 15 years and I've watched the vast majority get eaten up by the lies of the enemy. Very few could stand. I mean, it's one in a million to be honest. Why is that? They don't have enough fire protecting their ears and mind from lies. And there's lies of little gimp demons. You can say, oh, no to that one, you know. Some disgusting prostitute come with a crack pipe. Nope. I'm not having sex with the prostitute. You know, like, oh, overcame temptation. 
That ain't the temptations. That's, those are easy little gimp demons trying to pick you up. Wait until the mass confusion of the principality Jezebel comes around your soul, bur puts the pressure on your five senses. I've seen the mightiest men of God fall. The mightiest men of God still fall. That The pressure test, according to Corinthians, is no temptation will seize you except what is common to God, and he is faithful to provide a way out. Meaning there is not going to be a pressure stronger than if you were to put your brain inside your spirit to resist the devil for him to flee from you. And there's always the falling because the righteous man falls seven times because he doesn't know how to rely on the greater one in him yet. It's through these pressure tests of the kingdom of hell that you overcome, Revelation 12, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb, the word of your testimony, and loving not your life unto death, that you get higher and higher by your brain fully yielding to Christ in your spirit, and you rise from the dead. And you're more powerful than Lucifer. And you're more powerful than Jezebel. And you're more powerful than Apollyon. And you're more powerful than the principalities. How? How can the sons of God be more powerful than the archangel to resist such deception and witchcraft of stolen blood and altars of dead man's bones? All the altars of hell. And they work on the power of human blood and human bones. And you got 12 million billion, with the B, that have given their lives into those altars. So there's a real power and pressure there. And stolen, fallen, deceiving light that picks people off left and right and few can ever stand. Until those altars get smashed by kings like Hezekiah. Come on. Until you mature over the governors and tutors, your appointed time of manifesting as mature ones, sons of God. And guess what? Then you have overcome and then you have conquered. And then the Revelation 2 and 3 gifts are operating in you because Jesus has possessed your flesh as the temple of the Holy of Holies. The throne of God is with men. That's the place all teaching and preaching is to build you up into to be the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about in every way. In all angelic power. In all angelic rulership. Ruling from the angelic sphere over the flesh realm of the terrestrial plane. That's for every overcomer. Mature teaching, bro? No, just a person that's not submitted to the realm of the dead, stuck under the dust of the earth. This is where every Christian is meant to go. If the standard was not the four walls of church, but the standard was the heavens are my throne and the earth is my footstool. I'm not going to be down in the footstool. Amen. I want to be up in the throne. How? Overcoming everything in you that's not from God. Satan's coming. He's got nothing in me. Amen. How did nothing get in Jesus? He only believed and obeyed the, obeyed the words that came from God. And I know we're getting long. I'll end here quickly. Hallelujah. feel I'm losing you there. Slipping away. <laughs> That's the wrong slipstream. Let's bring them back. Hallelujah. Glory. Greater grace. 
capture every face. Bam! I'll make you fishers of men. There's a capturing of attention, an attention span, and a growing in your focus and fixing your eyes on Jesus. That's where we need to be. Becoming stronger disciples of the glory. Not knowledge. This ain't a puff-up party, but of the glory. I want a, a glowing party, a burning man party. Oh, yeah. Knowledge puffs up, but glory builds up. Can we become fools for Christ's sake and give people drinks of the glory when it seems like immaturity, but it's actually the maturity of Melchizedek giving the best wine to Abraham? And you are the children of Abraham, sons and daughters of faith. See that angels materializing out of the spirit, does there? That was nice. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> They're having fun now. I love seeing the little cherubim angels come around my head, sliding around, come right out of the spirit. I'll just end with one story. My friend Jim Samuelson hosted uh, Jeff Jansen in Minneapolis like 12 years ago at the Crown Plaza. We went there uh, drunk out of our minds, beginning of the drunken glory. <laughs> it was so wild, you guys. As we were in the meeting, hundreds of angels began to materialize out of the glory room and physically fly around our heads. I mean, it, it was beyond Narnia. <laughs> I mean, when heaven comes to earth, all of that realm comes through the veil and becomes what people physically see with their physical eyes. See, the transfiguration of the renewing of the mind is that your whole vision goes from natural animal dust, sin, darkness, to spiritual glory and seeing what God sees and seeing what the angel sees and seeing what the, the eyes of God see. Through the brain, because that's what the brain is meant to live in, that vision realm. What does the Bible say? And when they see God, they have pure hearts. And when they see God, they're filled with joy. So if anything, let our eyes be opened to see God. Do you know when you're seeing his kingdom, you're seeing parts of him? Because it's all in him. When you're seeing his angels, you're seeing parts of him because every angel has a name that represents an attribute and character of God the Father. You'll see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Is that seeing God? Yes, it is. When Gabriel came and talked to Mary, I stand in the presence of God. Well, she's, she was seeing the glory of God on the angel and the carrier of God. And Gabriel released the word directly from the father into the young child, into the young girl. Amen. A great miracle. But that is a vision for you seeing God, the kingdom of heaven. Seeing the angels is your stepping stones towards seeing the father face to face. You'll probably see thousands and millions of angels before you see the father. They're preparing you for that greater light. Oh, I'm talking about with your physical eyes. I'm not talking about your spirit and that kind of travel. I'm talking about transfiguration. Like Jesus in the flesh at the right hand of God. He's got eyeballs, people. 
They're a little different than ours because he's transfigured, but your eyes can do the same exact thing. You take your mind and your bones with you in the resurrection and the life. That's what the Father is asking us to do in this generation. Go all the way. All the way up. Climbing Mount Zion. Going from glory to glory until our bodies are fully glorified through our minds. In Jesus' name. Father, I bless all our financial partners, all the tithes, gifts, and offerings coming into Red Letter Ministries, coming into the high priest of the third temple of Ezekiel 47. Let the temple bless the finances that are given. It's the temple that sanctifies the finances, Jesus Christ said. As you bring your tithes and offerings and gifts and generous and cheerful giving into the temple, it's the water temple, it's the throne room of God. Let your money be sanctified and blessed and multiplied back to you, good measure pressed down and overflowing according to the scriptures. In Jesus' mighty name. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.